welcome to LFC Talk at Hotel Tia. Uh, it's a beautiful day in Liverpool. I'm actually wearing a summer's dress just to celebrate the sunshine because it's just so gorgeous out there. Um, and all the, uh, the Easter lilies are up. Lots and lots of lovely little uh, purple flowers out there in the parks as well. So you better make your way to Liverpool if, you, uh, if you're hungry for spring. Uh, another thing we're hungry for is the Champions League um, run-up towards the final, which will be played in Paris. And today we had the draws, um, David Fairclough. We got Benfica. That sounds like mm. a, a good one, doesn't it? I think of, of all the options available, I, I tend to think that um, we won't be uh, displeased with that one. Villarreal, Benfica would have been the the choices, I think. So, um, yeah, we have good memories of Benfica. Um, played against Benfica a couple of times myself in the old days. So, uh, yeah, maybe it's an omen. We did we did quite well in, in previous times we've, we've met Benfica. And Jane Bolin, um, they are ranked in 26th place in, in the UEFA's ranking system. So it's not going to be one of the hardest ones. I mean, we don't want to meet Real Madrid yet, so you must be pretty happy as well. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're looking at the path to the final, it couldn't have opened up any better, could it? I know this. I have no doubt that this team can go and win both games, home and away. Um, Benfica are 13 points behind Porto in, in the Portuguese league. We took care of Portugal of Porto pretty handily didn't we so I'm not I don't think I'm worried I, I would and I don't think Benfica will be worried I think they will be quite pleased to have got this far and we're just looking forward to a bit of a laugh in Liverpool and, and enjoying the game to be honest yeah I, I think that's um, that's kind of uh, interesting to hear I think I agree with the sentiment I think Benfica probably would have been Delighted to have got to the last eight. I think that's an achievement for them. But uh, to get Liverpool will be a little bit of a mountain for them to climb. Again, I agree with Jane. The fact that um, we've already been to Portugal and beaten the best team in Portugal very comfortably. I think uh, Benfica shouldn't cause us too many too many worries. But we don't count our chickens. But uh, certainly, as somebody said this morning, the stars seem to be aligning. It's a, it's a, good, yeah. it's a good feeling. The stars doesn't seem to be aligned when it comes to Chelsea. They have so much worries going on right now with their ownership and everything that's happening in Ukraine and with the war. And they have uh, drawn Real Madrid. Yeah, not the Real Madrid of old, but still it's Real Madrid. And um, an awful lot is, is possible when, uh, uh, when you're Real Madrid. Uh, name speaks for itself. Um, it, was good. it was good to... Um, miss out on the on the two English teams, I have to say. I was dreading playing Chelsea or City. Not from a fear factor. I just always felt that it, it's nicer to play European teams in, in these European competitions. But uh, the fact that they've got to now, you know, potentially meet each other uh, if they're to, uh, you know, progress, I think is... Um, I think that's good from our point of view. I think Liverpool fans will be... I think every Liverpool fan will be delighted with that draw. Couldn't have been any better. And then Villarreal is playing Bayern Munich. And then uh, Manchester City, who seems to be crumbling a little bit at the moment compared to how extremely superior they've been. They are playing Atletico Madrid. What do you think of that oh, game? Oh, I just love it. <laughs> I just love the idea of poor old Pep's head already melting, uh, thinking about what Simeone's going to do, because Simeone is a complete head melter. 
Atletico Madrid are a horrible team to play. They're really, they, they dig in, they know how to win, they know how to win dirty. Um, and either I think City will completely roll over them or they'll, they'll, they'll get stuck and they'll get stuck in their, in their heads. And that, I think, I think City have got Atletico Madrid away, Liverpool at home, Atletico, you know, they've got, th- they've got three games within a week, um, which I think looks pretty good for us because I think we're looking at quite a decent game either side of playing City in the league. And uh, they're looking at playing the biggest head melters in the in the Champions League, frankly. <laughs> I love the head melting. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it certainly gives them something to think about because we, we know Man City's style. I wouldn't say they're crumbling exactly, but um, no, but they're they showing the, some weaknesses. There, there, there are there are there are a few one or two little cracks there, um, but they have a way of of playing, and it won't be easy against Atletico to break them down in the way that Atletico will defend. So uh, it's good to see them, yeah, have a have a, a tough hurdle, and um, yeah, they'll be a little bit disappointed. They've had it pretty much their own way through the Champions League this year. Yeah. Um, they do tend to get the benefit of a good draw, but this one would probably have been there. I think, with the outside of, uh, of the exception of playing Liverpool, I think this would have been the, the one that they wanted to avoid. And we have been quite happy this this week because we've been uh, grabbing all the three points, but City hasn't. How did you feel when that happened, David? Did it come to a, as a surprise to you, or no? It's been a good week. Um, Palace are a funny team. I wouldn't say you expect them to win, but they can be very uh, obnoxious uh, opponents. They can be they can be a team that can then uh, frustrate. Um, and you know you don't you don't t- take a game at Crystal Palace you know easily. So um, I, I kept thinking watching that game the other night that City would ultimately get get one. They created so many chances and opportunities. Um, it just wasn't to be for, for them on the night. And then we had that difficult uh, visit to, to Arsenal. And I think you know the feel-good factor after the Arsenal win was, uh, was well felt yesterday. Um, speaking to you know, a number of my Liverpool friends, um, yet we all woke up yesterday morning in a, in a good place. And, <laughs> and optimism is, is really high. It, it's nice to, um, to make up some ground. And, and now we know within reason... The, the, the Premier League title is, on our, is in our own hands um, and it hasn't been previously so well not for uh, for many months so but so um, yeah it, it's it's a good place at the moment um, you know a little bit of injury news this uh, you know over the last 24 hours which maybe one or two people uh, would get a little bit worried about but generally I think uh, we're in a uh, we're on an upward curve things are looking really good Jane, it was such a strong away win, wasn't it, to win 2-0 over Arsenal away? Yeah, they, they were really good. The first half, they were really good. They played really... They, they threw everything at Liverpool. Um, and it was lovely, you know, it was watching it. It was great to see how Liverpool sort of withstood it. And then you just saw that difference. You saw the difference between a goalkeeping mistake, a really great chance by Diogo, but ultimately he should have saved it, Ramsdale. It shouldn't have gone in, in the inside post, should it? And then you see what our goalie can do. And it all switched in five minutes. And it felt, to some extent, after that, that Arsenal kind of said, OK, please don't trounce us now. We'll, we'll give you the 2-0. Let's just shut this down. And I think that's what happened after, the, after like, 70 minutes. It just looked dead comfortable. But that first half was a real test. And it's nice to overcome a challenge and then feel that you've won properly. 
Um, and I think that's why the, that kind of let off at the end was was so massive because people did feel that they'd really won a proper proper athletic, like proper old fashioned game. Um, it, it was a tough game. Um, Arsenal have been doing reasonably well, still not to the level of Manchester City and, no. uh, and ourselves, but they, they caused problems and I found myself a bit anxious in the first half. Not that we mm. were going to lose, but w whether or not we were capable of breaking them down because we really didn't look a threat. Um, there were one or two not quite uh, uh, you know, on top form. Uh, we didn't really create enough problems for them in the first half and that was my little concern. Thankfully, second half started off well. Um, Jürgen didn't feel that he, uh, he had to tell them uh, or too sternly what was going wrong, but I sense, I sense maybe there might have been a little bit more. Of, uh, he might he might have been a little bit more harsher than he was than he, he was letting on. I think they didn't. I think the we needed a wake up call. I think and, and certainly a, a different type of um, sort of a, a playing aggression, not not in a, in, a, in a physical sense, but certainly getting into more uh, better attacking positions. And, and we saw that and. Uh, and, and, and we showed our class in the second half. And he did some, some great tactics as well with his uh, substitutes. Well, I think all Liverpool fans will be pleased that we, we now have, you know, look to have options on the bench. Um, you know, it's something that we've lacked in, in the last few years, really, when, when you know, one or two of the big players have not been really on their game. Uh, how, do you, how do you sort of stir it up and, and, and improve? Um, but now we have, we have the, uh, the the firepower now, and uh, yeah, it's great to bring on uh, somebody like Diaz, who always makes an immediate impact when he's uh, when he's you know when he's in, and and, and obviously Bobby Firmino. It's uh, yeah, it's a good and Salah. You know, I mean, we 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 got a really good group. Uh, we got a good group. Rare for Salah probably to come on as a sub. Uh, it isn't as easy yeah. as it looks sometimes. No. Yeah. Just changes though how the way the whole team have to play the minute he walks onto the pitch. So if he if he starts, the game is all about him, and the mm -hmm. defense has to be all about him. And then if he comes on, you're exhausted because you've been running after Jota and Diaz, and now you've got Salah, and he changes. You have to change your shape to accommodate what the magic that he just does all the time on the pitch. I think he's just you know. Yeah, that's, it, that, that's how dispiriting. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> Tini, Tini is a Tini is a class fullback, and and he'd he'd handled, um, you know, he'd handled Marnie re reasonably well in the first half. But then, as you say, for somebody like Salah then to come on, your problems uh, are, you know, it's a different type of problem, and um, yeah, it really put them, you know, put them uh, back on the yeah. on the back foot, so to speak. So it, it was a great win, and. and you know, watch the Sky uh, pundits after the game. Um, I mean, Paul Merson was trying to put a, 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 a sort of a wet blanket on on our uh, euphoria, but uh, <laughs> I, I could understand the Liverpool fans were delighted. I think it was a great win. It was a great win and a great time to do it as well. But Jamie, we also have to talk about that hug. And I'm talking obviously about uh, Firmino running to the crowd, jumping a hurdle to get there and just dived in. He loves the fans so much, and the fans love him so much back. What did you feel when you see yeah, that? I just wish I had been on that front row, I know. Uh, ready to offer him a hug myself. <laughs> just that I love him. The best, the best smile on the pitch. You just, I mean, I know we've, we've had the benefit of Bobby for a long time, and I think other teams have not always understood what he does, but for Liverpool fans, you, it's just a delight when you see him on the bench and you see him coming on. You just know you're going to get something different from him every game. He's just amazing. Before we go on, we, we need to talk a little bit about Brighton as well. 
because we went to Brighton as well and, and won uh, early kickoff, which isn't the best. And also, David, when you travel that far as fans, you're not sort of setting up the best sort of day out for, for the fans when you need to travel all the way from Liverpool to Brighton. Well, it's a, it's a long way and, and naturally a 12.30 kickoff poses problems um, in getting down there. Well, I, I sense a lot of Liverpool fans went there in good spirits. Uh, Brighton at the end of the day is a is a fun place to visit. It's a bit of a party town in, oh, in yeah. itself. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think the only inconvenience part was that the, was the twelve the, the fact that it was a twelve thirty kickoff, and and you know sometimes that players take a little bit more time to wake up, uh, you know, in a sense and. Um, and atmospheres can be a little bit flat, but it was an important game. And, and, and we know now that every game that we play from here on in is, is a cup final. So uh, you'd like to think, you know, there are going to be a lot fewer days where we don't start off in a, in a really positive vein. But I thought I thought it was, um, bar in the first few minutes, I, you know, I wasn't unduly concerned. No. You know, I know Brighton are doing quite well at the moment and they did cause a few problems very early. I think once Liverpool settled down, say, say 10 minutes or so, I, I always thought that we were, uh, we were, we were on for a win. And, and in the end, it was a, you know, it was a nice win. Yeah, and it's also really lovely to see our newcomer Diaz score, because he, you know, it just adds on to his confidence, doesn't it, Jane? Yeah, I, I mean, I suppose sort of a little bit going back to to the Arsenal match when I was watching it live on the night, not at home, not in the in the ground. Martinelli felt really dangerous, but when I watched it again, actually he was a bit sound and fury, and nothing ended up happening. Um, and you wonder whether you know D- Diaz might have that in the back of his mind. He's really fast, he's really nippy, he's doing lots of things, but he's got to be able to produce a goal at the end of it. And that's the difference in quality, I think, that Liverpool get and are looking for with their strikers. They don't want somebody who's just clever and, and fast and nippy. They want somebody who's clever, fast and nippy who'll then put the goal and you know the ball in the back of the net. And being uh, a little bit unpredictable at the yeah. same time. So in the end, Martinelli, I thought, was predictable. And you could see that. But by the end, by the second half, I think I think that, that Trent had, had, and, and Matip were dealing with him and, and knew exactly what he was going to do, as fast and, and as, as skillful as he is. And that's he's young as well, isn't he, Martinelli? He's only 20. Uh, but that's that's what you're seeing, and and that's the difference, I suppose, for us and and Bayern Diaz. Diaz is 25. He's a he's a solid professional player. He knows what he's about. He's played in different leagues and stuff. That that's what Liverpool look for with a with a player that they're prepared to put a bit of cash into. I think it was good from a Diaz point of view. Um, I think he he is really. Uh uh, become a, a crowd favourite very very quick as quick as anyone has ever done I think mm. and, uh, it, and we, you just want players uh, like that to to have the success you don't want to get them into a where, whereby they're in a, a kind of a frustrating period where they're not scoring enough goals he's threatened enough goals he's scored now a couple um, so it's, it's a boost and, and when you are a striker you do rely on scoring goals and you, you do want that to happen sooner rather than later so yeah it was good and it was pity um uh, that maybe the, the challenge that that, that, that sort of uh, that he, he was dealt with the um, haymaker. Yeah, I mean that that was um, I mean, it was a red card all day long, yeah. and um, uh, I mean to see him get up, it was, it was a relief, I think, because yeah. you didn't quite know did it catch him on his chest, did it catch him on his head? Um, it looked horrendous. It, it looked it looked dan- it was a dangerous challenge, and, it, and yeah, from the angles that we were initially shown, you think 
what exactly has he suffered from? So to see him get up and be able to come, you know, to continue, and then through the game as well, still be, you know, the threat that he is, yeah. uh, was was a relief. It was a good day for Lewis Diaz. Another one who's had a good day um, this week is uh, Andy Robertson. He has now uh, put in fifty assists for the Reds, which is incredible. Um, and between him and Trent, you know, they are literally on fire and breaking records all, all day long. David, um, is this one of the biggest differences from last year when we just couldn't make it all the way to the title race, that these two are back in the game, provo- making so many and creating so many goals? Well, we know Liverpool's style, and it is based around getting the fullbacks into those type of positions where they can uh, put a delivery in. But the biggest the biggest loss for us last season was the was the crowd, you know, the fact that Anfield was empty for for most most of the season and, and losing those six games or so uh, at home. Um, that they they were the, they were the that, for me that they, that was the real reason why uh, we, we weren't able to really mount a challenge. So um, good to see uh, Andy Robinson get in, get involved. I think on on occasions, if I was being critical, I think sometimes his delivery isn't you know quite uh, up to the uh, uh, that of uh, Alexander Arnold, but. Um, uh, it, 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 you know, he had a good second. He had a good solid second half, Andy Robinson, and, and being involved in the goal, you know, creating it, putting that pressure on to win the ball in the challenge, and then setting up the goal and everything. You know, maybe that that's a that, that's a good thing for for him. It, it, it's a boost. All all these things help. And as I say, it, it does appear that we're on a bit of an upward curve. But if if, if individual players get, you know. A lift in, in, in being involved in certain things. That's that that that's good because you you want everybody sort of really uh, at a good point at this time of the season. Jane, we're only one ridiculous little point behind City, and we yet have to play them. Um, how are you feeling when the Reds are playing these days? A mixture of sort of wanting to be unconscious for ninety <laughs> minutes because it's too stressful to watch, and then a mix of and then feeling ridiculously optimistic that we will be having a parade in in Liverpool in the summer when we've won all four trophies that are available. Um, so, <laughs> Ooh, so yeah, yeah a, mix of, a mix of those. But it's, you know, it is. It's like every game now is a, is, is a cup final. Every game has got, got everything riding on it. And it's going to be really close. We all, I mean, I, I was downstairs um, when Liverpool uh, played the last game of the season and they didn't win it. And, you know, we had that sort of heart-stopping moment where I think Brighton scored against City um, and thinking, oh, could it, could it, could it? And then, of course, it didn't. So I think it's going to be backwards and forwards. I would be astonished if both teams don't have a, a wobble at some point, that one team will lose and another team will lose or there'll be a draw. So I don't think it's... Uh, I don't think it's as cut as you know. It's nowhere. It's not cut and dry, but it's just you know. It's it's great time to be alive, though, isn't it? The the excitement, mm. going to those games and talking about it. It's just brilliant. It's brilliant mm. compared to some of the stuff we've had to put with everything. It, it, it will be plain sailing, that's for sure. Uh, I would be really surprised if both, you know, well, not both. Both of us can't go unbeaten as such, uh, unless we draw at the Etihad. But I, I can see awkward moments for for us and City. Uh, I think you look at the fixture list. There's trouble, sort of around the corner, all the way yeah. through. It won't be it won't be a cruise, but a really exciting time. And you know, this is what it's about at Liverpool being involved in, in 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 challenging for for the big prizes and the fact that we're still in three, and um, 
you know, in, really in good shape, I think is, uh, you know, it's, it's a great time to be a Liverpool fan. But I do think when you compare what the teams have got left to play for, it looks like Liverpool, in a way, has got a little bit of an easier run. And, and I know it's impossible to say. Mm. And normally, you know, um, the United match would be very tricky. Uh, the Everton match could be tricky. But this year, these are two other teams that have been struggling mm. a little bit. I mean, United mm. is still high up there. So, I mean, nothing is set in stone but it just looks on paper that we have a little bit of a better sort of oh. advantage Paul Merson doesn't agree with you uh, anybody watched the, uh, the Sky oh, no, coverage the other night uh, I think you can I think you can look at it and, and, and make a case for, for both if I'm honest I yeah. think we've got uh, Tottenham and Wolves as well to play yeah. uh, granted they're at home but still they're awkward um, you know it's the old, the old cliche. It, every, it, every game is tough in the Premier League. Some will be, you know, fractionally easier than others. But um, I, you know, I won't be taking anything for no. for granted. I, I, I'm, I'm being honest. No, it is it is nerve wracking. <laughs> I am holding my breath a lot these days. But sometimes I wonder if I'm turning blue, like literally, because I forget to breathe. It's that exciting to before, be a red. <laughs> before every game, my husband, who doesn't follow football at all, or he'll say, "Who are they playing today, love?" And I'll say, "This team," and I go, "Oh, bit of a bogey team." That's every everything every game. So mm. that's become one of our match day rituals. And like, if he doesn't say it, I have to get him to say it. <laughs> <laughs> so we win. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you can be uh, you can make a for everybody um, the main thing is that you're on your toes and um, I think the fact that the bit you know the fans have got a bit between the teeth I think and, the, and the, I think they aim the to do, they, they aim to help and yeah. um, if there is a little bit of a sleepy start or you know things aren't going the way I think the fans are uh, are up to sort of making that making the difference you know they will be I think they're going to be Vital in in the running, creating you know a really difficult atmosphere for for, visit, for visiting teams. Karen Elizabeth Gill, are you <laughs> optimistic that we will win the league this year? Of course, every year I'm optimistic, <laughs> <laughs> but this year, yeah, particularly, and I think it would mean quite a lot this year, wouldn't it? Especially as like the last time we didn't really <clears throat> get the chance to celebrate um, as you know as everyone would like to. And I think it's just going to be amazing, especially as Jane said, when we win all the, the other three cups as well. Mm. It's just going to be such a it's going to be such a great place to to be and celebrate, and <clears throat> I'm really looking forward to taking part in the celebrations. Oh, I like that. So um, around the table today, David, we have gathered uh, what I like to call the Liver Girls International Entrepreneurs. So it's Jane Boland, as you've already heard lots from, and, and Karen Elizabeth Gill here, and myself, Rangnil, and um, we are putting up, just the three of us, with our heart and our um, engaging uh, uh, nature and energy, we are putting together now uh, an event on the 3rd of April called Live Girls International, and it's going to be amazing. Um, so we thought we would share with everyone listening to this podcast what's coming up because this will be an annual event and the club, uh, the mothership over there, 200 meters away from us is very supportive. This is an individual, uh, independent, sorry, event, uh, that sort of springs out from Hotel Tia because we are a place where we want to, uh, build networks and friendships and, and pass on the legacy of the club and the history of the club. And we want, we want inclusion. So um, we are throwing an event on the 3rd of April. 
Uh, and we will start here uh, at Hotel Tia with a, a party and live music and very cheap bubbles for those who like them, with and without alcohol, obviously, um, at 3.30. And then and that's free for everyone. Uh, and you can come and sing along and, and bring your kids. And you can even drag on your husband, wouldn't you say? <laughs> you know, for the warm-up. For the warm-up. Yeah, yeah. for the warm-up. If you he's can. dropping you off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He can have a few. Have a drink. Yeah, and just see <laughs> and how lovely we are. Uh, here in the players' lounge and out on the terrace before we walk on um, to uh, to the main stand where we will be in the executive lounge and and we were there last time. The club has opened up our executive lounge. Jane, can you try to describe the poshness of that? Oh, place? it's lovely. Yeah. So so. Um yeah, well, first of all, you're blinded by the trophies, so they're very shiny. And you, last year, last time we got to uh, take our photo with the uh, European Championship Cup. I don't know if that's what it's called, um, but it is. It's lovely. The the the, the hosts, the, the the club are very gracious hosts, and um, you know you get to you're overlooking the pitch, and it is a great place to have an event. Yeah, and to start at drinks yeah. and mingles. Yeah, and last year we made quite a lot of new friends, didn't we? Yes, one who stays at my house every time she comes over from Sweden. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, it was it was a, a sort of a chance to meet people you never met, to to meet people that you have met, but sort of get to know them a bit better, to see how wide this network goes, um, and how um, how important this that you know our, our club is to to women across you know across the world we had people from america we last time uh from france from from sweden and canada. norway canada so it was about eight yeah. nations last yeah. time 100 girls hopefully we will be even bigger and better this year yeah uh, and jane you will be for the first time we're going to do a little panel debate yeah and you'll be leading that yes what sort of things are you going to fish out of these uh, interesting ladies you have in your panel well i think I guess overall, that sort of our quite grand aim is to is to get us recognised as like an official supporters club. Because what we would like to be able to offer is support for women who want to come to the game, but perhaps don't normally have access to come. Um, and that will be support in 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 actually getting here and, and perhaps there's a safe, comfortable space for women to attend. Um, who, who would find sort of pub atmospheres and stuff a, a little bit difficult or, or things like that, but also to increase access for women who live in, in L4 to come to the game. Um, so one of the things that we're doing for this uh, event is that we've asked people um, who who are privileged enough to be able to afford it to to perhaps uh, sub somebody who can't come. And I think we've got about 10... 15 four, already yeah. now. So, so, so the women who, who, who paid for their own tickets have also paid for 15 tickets, which will be distributed via one of our charity partners uh, and, and now for brothers, others. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, for me, it's really about increasing access to the privilege that we are lucky to have, that we live near when we get to go to the game. Um, and how we make, you know, how we share what, what we get out of it with women who perhaps don't have that opportunity. Or deserve a lift. You know, we have some incredible women in Anfield, in the area, in the neighbourhood, who do so much for others yeah. and to, like, relentlessly help out uh, and make life better for the elderly or for disadvantaged, disadvantaged people in the neighbourhood. So we want to help some of them as well. So 23 Foundation has has uh, picked out a, a couple of ladies who really deserve a little lift as a little thank you for all they do. And um, and also, if you listen to this, and, and if you're not a lady that 
are not in in town on uh, the Watford uh, weekend, you can still sponsor or half sponsor uh, one of the local girls uh, on the same ticket link as those who are attending. By the way, just cho- choose the sponsored. Uh, ticket uh, person. Uh, Karen, you will be one of the speakers and I can't wait. And for those who don't know, Karen Elizabeth Gill is the granddaughter of the great Bill Shankly, the oldest grandchild. And you've written a book about him. You basically grew up with him and his t- typewriter uh, and know everything from the inside. And what will you share with us on that night? Well, just a little bit about my memories and then hopefully if if people want to ask me questions as well about what it was like um, to grow up with him. Hopefully just, um, I don't know, just um, try and inspire some people a little bit maybe with my story as well because, you know, I've had like, I've done, I've changed country in the last six months and hopefully be able to, um, I don't know, just it'd be nice just to chat to people as well and get to know some people from different uh, countries. I always like meeting people from different countries, different cultures, uh, be, and it'll be. I'm looking forward to being able to, you know, share my memories with, with, with everyone. And you've got so many amazing images. Will you bring some along? Yeah, I w- I'm going to kind of make up a little, um, you know, collection of photographs and things so that we can, you know, maybe show them on the wall or yeah. that, that yeah, throughout the wall. night. That'd be nice. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait. And then there will be lots of other exciting guest speakers as well. And um, George Sefton will be DJing, of course, like he did last year. He loves those kind of events, doesn't he? (laughs) (laughs) And he's a legend himself with 50 seasons uh, DJing at Anfield. And then we will have live music. We will have a Liverpool legend talking. Um, and we will reveal all these names next week. So that's very exciting. So you need to um, to look into Hotel Tia's uh, Facebook page and, and Instagram and stuff to see see all the, the, the news coming out. But why uh, are you two getting involved in this? Why is this an important project for you guys? Uh, I always like the idea that, you know, um, I think Jane mentioned it a little bit before. It's like you're meeting people that you've never met before, but also maybe people you've met and then you just want to get to know and in a place where you feel comfortable. And uh, it's nice to be able to enable people uh, to do that and help out, especially, um, you know, and, and as Jane said before, people who live in the area and can't maybe get to events or matches. It's nice to be able to give that little lift a bit of help. It's just nice to help. It likes to help in the community. Um, that kind of thing makes me feel nice and it's exciting. Yeah. What about you, Jane? What's the best thing for you? For me? I mean, it, I mean, my journey to come... So I started supporting Liverpool when I was about 10. So I come from a family of Bolton Wanderers supporters. Uh, but Kenny Dalgleish was signed and I fell in love with him on the telly and started following Liverpool. I live come from Chorley. Um, which people might not know, but it's about 30 miles from Liverpool. Um, And following Liverpool then consisted of trying to hear it on Crackley Radio City um, and following the odd sort of match of the day, because then they would play, I don't know, you remember this, weren't you? They'd show games from every league um, and you'd have no idea who was going to be shown on on match of the day. And then you started to say, well, so, so about three years ago, I met an amazing bunch of Liverpool fans and and they, they... they sort of said, why don't you go to a match? And I was like, well, I can't go to a game. I can't. I'm, you know, my husband doesn't go. I can't go. But I started going and I go to games on my own. I've 
recently been to Milan. Um, I do, I have quite a sort of a stressful job um, and coming, being involved and watching this and going to the game has, has made my life better over the last three years. Um, it's just a, a great atmosphere being around with the fans. It's just a great atmosphere sitting next to a stranger in the stands and chatting away about the game. It's just a time for me to completely forget about everything else that's going on. Um, and I would like to be able to advocate for other women, young women and older women like myself, that, that football is a, should be a safe space for all of us and that it's somewhere where we should be able to go and enjoy ourselves and talk about the game. You know, talk, talk. I love football. I can talk about it with David Fairclough. <laughs> Who'd have thought that, you know? Um, but I'd like that opportunity to be available to more women and for it not to be something that they only get to watch by themselves that they can you know they can reach out to other women and become part of the whole scene um because I, I very much believe that if we sort of help women we help everybody yeah it's been really really moving to see all the friendship that has been built over the last three years where we've been building up live girls international it, it's been really nice and we've done it in norway for seven years now and the friendships across ages you know yeah. age gaps of like 45 years and you have these true close friendships for life yeah. now which is so moving and 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 all the feedback we've gotten on how this campaign has just made girls confidence grow i think that's beautiful because with confidence you can do anything you can even score in the cop end you know if you have <laughs> confidence it takes a little bit of skill in life but confidence is like the pillars that will carry you through so many things, both tough times and good times, if you have a little bit more confidence, it, it will it will carry you easier in life, I think. Um, and also, we've seen uh, this this event is is a happy event. You know, it's it's celebrating diversity and inclusion, and and building friendships and um, confidence, and hopefully also um, some inspiration. But um, the club has recently said that they see after the COVID um, lockdown more bad uh, misbehavior among fans. So the filter seems to be a little worse in terms of fan behavior. So there is more racism, there's more pit pitch invasions, there are more sexism than it used to be, not just in Liverpool, but in, in the league in general. Um, so I think it's good to be a little bit on our toes. And you saw last night, David, this guy strapped himself to the goalpost when Everton played. You know, it, it's getting quite extreme, and 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 I, I shouldn't be I shouldn't laugh about it. But you know how I've heard all my life all the blonde jokes about how many blondes do you need to change a, a light bulb, but how many Evertonians do you need to cut <laughs> one of those strips in a football game? <laughs> I didn't actually see the. Um, I saw a still picture, but I gather it was quite. Uh, uh, I don't know. They brought heavy, heavy piece of kit to uh, to yeah. cut the, the uh, <laughs> to cut the thing off. But um, had he been strapped there, so he had to watch the match against his wishes? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Probably, probably. Um, but um, very strange. And we know the group that uh, he he is sort of um, sort of put his flag, uh, you know, tied his flag to. Um, there have been a lot of strange things happening in, 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 in recent months and, and obviously Britain's gone through some awkward moments with uh, 
as is all the worlds, we, you know, we know. But um, you know, there, there are some issues that, that people deem that they, they, they want to protest about and they found the weirdest ways of, of doing it. Thankfully, uh, I think somebody, uh, I believe, somebody attempted to, to disrupt the game at Anfield last week, but it was... It was cut off at the sort of before it got. Oh. Uh, so I believe, but I, m- I might only be a rumor. But uh, this the, seemingly this guy took Everton stewards by surprise, and it was um, sort of a stupid thing to do. He could have garroted himself, couldn't he, on the uh, on the on the post? It wouldn't have been a, wouldn't have been a pleasant outcome, I don't think. Gosh, no. So if you're listening to now uh, and you want to come along, you have to go into Hotel Tia's webpage. Um, hoteltia.co.uk and you will scroll down to the bottom and find the ticket link uh, where you can also sponsor girls local Anfield girls uh, or you can go to ticketsource.co.uk and just search Liver Girl in one word and it will pop up uh, straight away and we hope to see so many of you and please be quick to uh, not miss out because at some point the club will want to draw a line on numbers so they can start uh, preparing our lovely meals etc so and uh, not to forget what lovely lounge we will be in so it's going to be a party and it's going to be fantastic so so you're very welcome all all female reds out there it's actually worth jumping on a plane from a different continent to comfort yeah it's one of them you just don't want to miss out finally before we go on um we have uh, the fa cup david on sunday against nottingham forest a good old uh, rival what would that be like yeah good memories um you know we uh, we've had some great times against nottingham forest and um a great traditional name in in in, in football terms um, they have had a little bit of a, an unfortunate uh, last few years, but seems to be very much on the up. Uh, an old friend of ours is the is the coach there now, doing really well. They're on a good run of results, I think they've won four out of their last five. Um, at the end of the day, they're a championship winning, uh, championship team, uh, and we and we you know we know that if we turn up on the day, then we'll then then we can um, you know advance to the to the semi finals, but. Um, you don't take anything for granted. They've had a good run. They they knocked out Arsenal in the, in in previous rounds. Um, so they they'll be really looking forward to the visit of uh, of Liverpool. But uh, as you as you first pointed out, um, you know Nottingham Forest versus Liverpool conjures up lots of lots of memories, good and bad of years when uh, when both of them were going head to head. Yeah, which one is your favourite Nottingham Forest memory? Um, oof. My favourites. Well, we beat them. We had more joy with them in the um, in the league than than anything else. Um, got a couple of um, unfortunate memories of them. Um, biggest memory or the most enjoyable was I was reminded yesterday by somebody when I scored in the uh, in the semi final second leg here at Anfield. So uh, goals and uh, I wasn't. We played played for us in the final, but unfortunately we we ended up on the losing team, so I couldn't say that one. So I looked to a personal note, and and always oh, scoring goals was always they're always the things that you know spring to mind. Do you have a, a favourite Forest uh, memory, Jane? No, not really. It was because um, they were just a horrible team to play, weren't they? They were when they were in the pomp. They were they were tough. Um, they beat Liverpool as often as Liverpool beat them. It never, uh, it yeah. never felt comfortable. Um, but yeah, it's not a favourite now. No. We tend to have the upper hand in the league. League games over that period 
ten. I think if you look back, I think I'd be right in saying we had the upper hand with them league-wise. Cup, unfortunately, the cup defeats were the ones that live long in the memory. Yeah. Uh, particularly losing out to them in the European Cup um, early rounds and um, and that League Cup semi uh, that League Cup final uh, loss. I mean, we beat them uh, in the the Hillsborough you know the Hillsborough uh, semi final ultimately, which don't want to really go into that too much. But um, I think we got you know we had some great memories against against Forest but um, the main thing is it's you know it, it's you know seeing two big sort of real traditional names going at it it'll be it'll, be, it'll bring back uh, lots of memories of for, you know for lots of people at the weekend so predictions guys on in the FA Cup away against Forest what do we think well I, I you know I, I'm thinking Liverpool will advance to the semi-final I would I wouldn't see uh, I'll be I'd be very surprised, more than surprised, if, if we don't sort of uh, beat Forest. Well, it's well in our capability. No scoreline. Uh, oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> I think they could. Uh, I think they could win, but I think we could. We, we, it might be. It might be something like a a one-three. Uh, I, I suspect even one. You know, four-one away win. Hmm, Jane. Yeah, I think. I think. Liverpool will win. It's always a bit when you when you watch these cup ties against sort of the, the the teams from lower divisions. One of the things that always strikes me is how huge the the players are from the lower divisions. They're bigger, aren't they, than than the the our lads? Um, and you're always a little bit worried when you're sending out somebody like Tyler Morton, who looks like he's about nine to me. Um, <laughs> so you're not quite sure how they're going to stand up to that kind of physicality. But they, they run through, and, and I get the feeling that Klopp is, wants to fight on all fronts now. Um, so I'm expecting the big boys to go out. And probably like you, David, I would be looking at 3-1 to Liverpool. Karen? I'm going to go with 4-1. David <laughs> said before, yeah, one better than the 3-1. Yeah. Very good. Then I'll settle with um, nil two. So two nil win to uh, to Liverpool. Fabulous. Well, I have to thank you guys so much for spending a little bit of this precious sunshine time in Liverpool with uh, us here at LFC Talk at Hotel Tia. Uh, David Fairclough, Jane Bolan and Karen Elizabeth Gill and myself, Ragnar Lundansnes. We are looking forward to the weekend, to another game, more fun, uh, more... Um, uh, stoppage of breath probably from next well next week we get a break because we have interna an international break so so we might get some skin color back <laughs> and until then take care